want to spend a few minutes uh, thinking and talking about, about love. Uh, we've used the word several times um, this morning uh, in our songs, this morning and then just tonight, our songs tonight. Love is an interesting word because we, we use it for so many things. I come home bearing the, the pizza and I kiss my wife and I say, I love you, baby. And then we sit down at the table and I pick up that hot, gooey slice and I say, I love you, pizza, and hope my... My wife isn't offended at the combination there. We use love for so many different things. It's hard to really isolate what we mean when we say we we love something. The Bible is really interesting, too, because the Bible uses the word love all over. From beginning to end, the word love shows up all of the time. And what's interesting about the Bible is that the Bible doesn't function like a dictionary where you can just open it up and find, here's the definition for love. Jesus says enigmatically, we ought to love God with all our heart, mind, life, strength, and we are to love our neighbor as ourself. But that's actually really difficult, and it doesn't get really specific. And how are we to actually, actually live that out? So in the Bible, instead of giving us that a dictionary definition, gives us a person. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son coming from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And from his fullness we have received grace upon grace upon grace. Instead of giving us a a dictionary definition of verbs and adjectives and forms, the Bible gives us Jesus. And what does Jesus give us? In fact, I'd encourage you as you read through the scriptures to see Jesus as a living action of the definition of love. So when the blind call out to Jesus, he reaches out and heals them. When the lepers who are along the the outskirts of society, in fact, they were supposed to keep so far back from people... And they were to yell, unclean, unclean, if anyone came near them. These lepers who had open sores, who would have smelled terrible, who you wouldn't have wanted to be near, let alone touch. They call out, Jesus, King, have mercy on us. And Jesus comes near and touches them. The woman who's drawn before Jesus for judgment, caught in a sin. And Jesus says to the crowd, what? Have mercy. And to her, go and sin no more. The woman comes and breaks up the old boys club. Jesus is hanging out with all these really powerful, influential people. And, and this woman comes in and she falls at Jesus' feet and she, she weeps tears all over his feet and she wipes the tears off of his feet. I mean, that would be scandalous if it happened today. Like right now, you all would be like, what is happening here? Imagine back then. And Jesus does what? For 2,000 years, they will tell your story. But of the old boys club, of the powerful and wealthy, we see them as the villains, and rightly so. Jesus is a living story of love. When the IRS agent wants to see Jesus, Jesus catches a glimpse of him up in the tree. He doesn't only call him by name, invite him to come down, but Jesus invites himself over to that guy's house. He says, you're making me dinner tonight. Jesus is a living, walking embodiment of what we mean when we say love. 
And this isn't something new in the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a part of the story that goes all the way back to the beginning. Because if you start with Jesus, you're missing the largest chunk of this Bible. In fact, the story of love begins way back here. When God comes to Abraham and says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And we're going to have a relationship, you and I. And and I'm going to live in your presence. And because I'm the God, the creator of all the universe, you're going to have such blessings. And you, as my Children are going to radiate the light of my glory and my love to everyone around you. And yet if you know the story well, you know that the people who God calls rejects him again and again and again. In fact, I began with that little bit from John where he says he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. His own people reject him, crucify him as the story goes. But throughout this, this big chunk of scripture where again and again people are rejecting and pushing God and his goodness and his love away, the story is that God continues over and over and over again to reach out. In fact, there's a special kind of love that the Bible talks about when it comes to God. It's a wonderful Hebrew word and it's just fun to say, chesed. Make as much phlegm in the back of your throat as you can. Chesed. Yeah, a few of you tried it. Very good. Spits all over the place. What's wonderful about that word is that when we translate it into English, there's not really a good one-for-one. There's not a great English word. And so we augment. We put an adjective on the front of the word love. So it's not just translated love. It's everlasting love. It's steadfast love. It's faithful love, depending on the Bible translation you've got. Because what it's trying to communicate is it's, it's, not a, it's not a human kind of love because all of us have experienced the human kind of love that fades with time. It starts off big and grand. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child. And that love dwindles away to nothing. So was it love? Because the love that God demonstrates to us from beginning to end of this story. The demonstration of God's love even today in this room to you is a kind of steadfast love that says it doesn't matter how far you have fallen. It doesn't matter where you have come from. It doesn't matter what you call yourself or what others call you. God's hand reaches out to you in love and says, take it, take it. See, we use love as a word, and usually it means something cheap and tawdry, something easy, something that's passing. But when God uses the word love, it isn't self-serving at all. It is self-giving. God gives of himself to us. And that's what the, the nativity is all about. That's what tomorrow is all about. It is about how God saw our deepest need and came into reality to rescue us, to bring us the peace, the joy, the hope, the love that we've been talking about over the past several weeks. What does love look like? Well, the wonderful thing about the whole Christmas story is how utterly bizarre it is. What does God's love look like? It looks like it coming to a peasant girl. Who for all, and, and, and there were tons of peasant girls, and we don't know any of their names. Right? We, we would, Mary would have passed through history, and she would have been utterly forgotten, but we remember her because God broke into her life and changed. The shepherds, these men who are out in a, 
nothing hill and a nothing country, middle of nowhere, in the middle of of the night, they drove the short straw, they're working the late shift, and the skies unroll so that these are the ones who are the first to hear glad tidings of great joy that will be to all people. For unto unto them that day was born in the city of David a Savior. And then, of course, as you, depending on what song or story you've seen, the Magi, the three kings, these, these men who were, who were strangers to Israel, strangers to God's people, in fact, probably enemies to God's people, are the ones who are drawn by God through this star and drawn into this story so that they can come and worship at the feet of the living God. What an incredible story. It's not at all what we would expect. When we expect the Son of God to show up, we expect him in thrones and powers and wealth and might and and fancy clothing and places, but instead to a peasant girl, to shepherds, and to foreigners. That's who the love of God is revealed to. That the story from beginning to end, from beginning to end, and then in Jesus' own life from beginning to end, is a story of demonstrable love. A love that transforms us and makes us more than we ever were before. It's as if God is trying to say to us, even as he is saying to Mary and to the shepherds, to these outcasts, to maybe you tonight, if you find yourself a teenage girl who's trying to figure out what life is all about, or normally you're working the late shift or are off to go and work the late shift, or you have felt like an outcast, an enemy, an outsider. It is as if God is saying to you, I have not forgotten you. You are remembered. There's a text that I was thinking of how we could demonstrate love or talk about love. And so there's a text that's really famous. If you've never been to church before, you probably have still heard it because you've heard it at a wedding. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Have you heard this before? Yeah. What could we do with this text? We could replace the word love with Jesus, couldn't we? Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not insist on his own way. Jesus is not irritable or resentful. Jesus does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, because Jesus doesn't fail. His love doesn't give up. And I do think that part of this story is meant to do more than just fill us with a a warm, fuzzy feeling about God's love. I think it's also supposed to transform us and change us so that You could take my name and put my name in here. Jordan is patient and kind. Jordan does not envy or boast. You could take Gina or any any name, any of your names and, and put them in this text and say, this person, you are patient and kind. You do not envy or boast. Because the love that God demonstrates in Jesus is not just a love for you, but a love that is to shine out through you, echoing across the world. Just as we are about to light candles and they're to spread to each other individual. The love of God is meant to be that same kind of igniting flame 
That as you touch the lives of those around you, they see within you the love of God and they are transformed as you are transformed because of God's grace. Because, as the angel said, born to us this day in the city of David, in the, day, in the city of David is our Savior, Christ the Lord. May the love of God be with you and may you share it with everyone else. And we're going to hand off the baby. <laughs> as we sing these last two songs, and we'll begin to light our candles, and as you see the candles lit, and as it's passed before you, remember the light of the world that came in on Christmas Day to save us from Satan's power to redeem us and ransom us so that we might be a people dedicated to God himself.